This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. What's the feeling? What's your guys, what's your feeling? Um, it's interesting because I was gone, you know, because we have Baruch Hashem, we had an amazing, I don't know if I'm allowed to advertise on my channel over here. We had an amazing Pesach program in Arizona. Um, it's not Eretz Yisrael, it's never going to be Eretz Yisrael, but the weather in Arizona is like, 80 to 90 degrees every day, sun's out. It's a desert. And at night, it's like 64 degrees. It was, with you, Shat Shema, you have no idea. I davened, I davened, I davened. Thank you, Hashem. Nobody got hurt. A kid, a kid, they found the kid in the pool, and Baruch Hashem, the parents weren't looking, and, 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 and Baruch Hashem, he was okay. And, and to have a thousand people for 10 days, that's 10,000 people. That's like, Crazy amount of people that no one should get hurt, no one should get burnt, no one should, no one should get sick, no one should get a virus, no one should get food poisoning. Hashem was. My Rebbe always says, Rabbi Gamliel, I ask him for a brach. You know what he says? Shmira me'alya. So he always says, God should watch you from above. And what he always watches you with, like a special Shmira me'alya. Amazing. It was amazing. The Shiurim. The, the Charlie, Charlie Harari and, and, and Jack Bitone and, 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 uh, all the rabbis that spoke over there, Rabbi Weiss, Rabbi Yona Weiss, and, and Ruben Epstein. We're like superstars. We're like the superstars. It was really, really beautiful. And, but I have to tell you that, like, I'm home. I came home this morning on the red eye, very red eye. Mars are very red. Um, and I miss it. I miss the, I miss Yantif. I miss Yantif. No, no phones, no craziness. Um, a lot of food. That's not really, I'm not just a big eater, but the whole, the davening, and we had shirim, and we had four round tables where you could ask anything. You would have been very happy there. You just say whatever you want. You could ask whatever you want. Uh, we had four different round tables. Of course, I didn't agree most of the time, which is, they said white, I said black, they said black, I said white, whatever. What? Can I, do I, can I review? I don't remember the... I would have answer. It might not be the right answer, but we have. We always have to answer. Uh, no, it was very nice. It was really very nice. It was very, very nice. Um, so I miss Yantav. I wonder how many people miss Yantav. How many people... I'm, I'm asking us. So I wear tefillin every day, Cholomoy. How many guys... We're happy, like no tefillin. Ah, nothing on my arms, nothing on my head. In and out, one, two, three. And how many guys are like, oh my god, I feel like I'm not dressed without my tefillin on. But when I dive in, how many guys went to shachris and felt undressed because they didn't have tefillin? How many guys didn't put miss? I asked some people when I was there. I said, do you miss the mezuzah on your door? Because the Gaisha tells no mezuzah. Like every time I walked through, I was like. No mezuzah. Do you miss the mezuzah? Do you miss your tefillin? Are you happy to have your tefillin on this morning? Or are you just happy that we're not saying tachanun? Huh? That's what we're happy about. Ah, it feels better on Thursday. Eh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yiskadal, Yiskadash. You're like, oh. Baruch Hashem. Yes, we have, like, we have such a high level of kedusha during Pesach. You know, the whole, the whole chametz and matzah and the four cups of wine and the seder. And you're like, such a high level of kedusha. The last day, there's yisker and 
Achritu Pesach and Shvisho Pesach and 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 Kriyas Yamsuf. You're on such a high level, and then you're just like, Pfft. what? What do you have this week? What do you have? Nothing. Till Shabbos. What do you have? You have Svira. That's your connection. Your Svira. Every day you're supposed to be. Um, you're supposed to be taking a step. I didn't say tonight's fear. Oh, we have a minion tonight. Beautiful. I didn't say tonight's fear yet. Yesterday was 10. Every night, really what you should do, let's go to yesterday's. You should really look at the, you know, there, there are, there's chesed, there's chesed. We know what chesed means, right? Everyone knows. There's gvura. What's main gvura? What does it mean, gvura, guys? What do you think? Chesed, you know what it means. What? What kind of strength? What, 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 what are you supposed to attain? Every night you're supposed to attain a different mixture. There's 49 different mixtures. What are you supposed to attain by gvura? Baruch Come on, boys. Dig deep into your brains. We're starting, uh, we're starting Pirkei Elvis this week. New Rebbe. What's Gvura? You can, you can lift uh, 300 pounds? What does it say? There's a mission. You don't have to be, you don't have to work this out on your head too much. Gvura is Kervish Yisrael. What does it mean, Kervish Yisrael, darling? What does Kavish mean? Capture. Capture. To capture someone, you have to overpower them. That's what the, the Malach was trying to do to Yaakov Avinu. That was a whole, a whole fight. So what does that mean to capture Yetzirah? You want Yetzirah to be hanging out with you all the time? Why would you want to capture it? You want to capture Yetzirah? It should be with you all the time? It should be in your jar? Throw away Yetzirah! That makes you the master. You captured him. He's the captive. You're the captor. You now have control over him. You're supposed to be able to serve Hashem with Yitzhahara and Yitzhahara. Right? What does that mean? Give me a good example. How can you use your Yitzhahara to serve Hashem? That's not what it means. It doesn't mean overcoming. Too lazy to do a mitzvah. That's his thing, but you're going to use it to be too lazy to do an avera. Is there such a thing as being too lazy to do an avera? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to ask you for an example, but that's a, I don't remember being too lazy to do an avera. I know. I remember being too lazy to do a mitzvah. I don't remember really too lazy to Oh, I'm not going to do that event. I'm just too lazy. I don't know about that, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, so the Gvura. So, so tonight, Teferes should be Gvura. Anyway, so you have Chesed, Gvura, Teferes, Beauty, Netzach, forever. Hoid. Hoid's even prettier, nicer. Yisoyed, Foundation, and Machos. So really, every day, you're supposed to look at what you say to see, right? You're supposed to, tonight, and you're supposed to work on it tomorrow. Okay, so I could say this. Tomorrow is Netzach Shebegvura. 
is taking your gevura and using it lenetzach. Gevura is very hard to 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 because gevura is also it, it could be it's like a borderline thing. You could you could use your gevura to be stubborn, very stubborn. I'm not doing. It. I'm not. I don't care what you want. I'm not doing it. Right? That's also gevura. Or to to hurt somebody else using gevura. But Ezu Gibra, if you're going to learn what the mission says, Hakavish is Yitzray, right? So that's being able to attain Lenetzach forever to be Kavish Yitzray. How do you do that? By breaking a, breaking a habit. Oh, the Rebbe's here. By breaking a habit. How do you break a habit? How do you break a habit? So it's my thing with the roads. By creating another habit. Seriously. Let's say you have a habit of eating potato chips at 11 o'clock at night. Start a habit of eating salad at 11 o'clock at night. I don't habit and addiction are very close. It's not the same. It's not the same. No, you have a habit of biting your nails. You don't want it. An addiction, an addiction is a need... And a habit is a, an action that you've been doing becomes part of your action. They're very, they're different. It's, it's, it's involved, so how do you, so, so what's, what's, uh, what's, um, what's givura? What's netzach shibigvura? Netzach shibigvura is, is to make your givura netzach. Each one of these. So even though you're out of the kedusha of, of Pesach, Every day we have like a little secret code of what we need to do that day. So in the end, you become machus shibamachus. In the beginning, you're nothing. Zero. Chesed shibachesed. God's doing you a favor. And you work and you work and you work and you work and all of a sudden you're royalty. To work yourself up to Guru. Anyone here know why you count up, not down? Okay, that's a good answer. Huh? Ten nine eight seven six five four three two one. Blast off. Right. Hi, we are Rishon. You don't say hi, we are. So the way Rav Shimshon pick his answers is like a wedding, like a marriage, right? Um... You're excited about it, so it's like one day to my marriage, two days to my marriage, three days, four days, 48 days, 49 days I'm here, instead of 10, 9, 8, 10, 0, last number is zero. What? 10 days, 9 days, 8 times. No, but, 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 he's, he's, but then you end up with zero. In other words, he explains it like, like coins. One day, one day, ten coins. The second day, I have twenty coins. The third day, I have thirty coins. Fourth day, I have forty coins. Not, I have a, a million coins. Now I only have nine hundred thousand coins. Now I only have eight hundred thousand coins. He, if he, he explained, that's what I was trying to say with the net, with the height of that, is that you're every day you're gaining something, you're taking something new, and you're putting it in your savings account. So the end is how he explained it. He explained it on his tape. If you his tape, he said a guy needs a million dollars, right? So one guy starts off with a million dollars and he counts down. 
It's very sad. Today he only has a half a million. Then he only has 400,000. Then he has 300,000. He says, the other guy puts a little bit of money in his account, a little money in his account. Well, at the end, all of a sudden, he's got a lot of money in his account. He says, Sphere is work. Sphere is work. So every day, you have to put something into your account so that at the end, all of a sudden, you open up your account, it says, Malchus Malchus. It's another... Right. You're putting those meters. You're putting those meters in, in, in a deposit, in a deposit bank. Right. Okay. So anyway, it's just funny because, like, you know, on pace, I was just asking people, "Do you miss the mezuzah? You're in a hotel with no mezuzah. You miss the mezuzah." So some people said, "You know what? I put my hand there anyway." And some people just you miss the matzah. Pizza. A minute after, pizza! Even though the halacha says you're supposed to do that. Because you want to show Hashem that the reason I ate matzah and not chametz is not because I like matzah. I don't like matzah. I want pizza. So really, yeah, because people get very upset. Why? Yeah, it's sure they got caught this year. This year they couldn't eat chametz. The second day was Shabbos, and you can't make a Kenyan. So the guy couldn't give it back to you. So Shabbos had to eat matzah and kosher pesach stuff. They couldn't even take their chametz out of their Cupboards. You weren't able to recoin it back. So they, they, they do what we did. Okay. Anyway, I heard a very beautiful shot, which I repeated um, when I spoke. It says the following. I'm going to go back for a minute to the last Pasha, and then, then we'll come to this Pasha. So it says in Pasha's Tzav, we're talking about the Trumas Adeshen, uh, taking off the ashes from the Mizbeach after the fats and the bones and the skin and everything burnt. It says the following. put on white linen clothes, and white linen pants. He should wear. He should take the ashes off. There's a lot of ashes. Take all the ashes off the mizbeach. Clean it up at night, right? And put it next to the mizbeach. Put it next to the mizbeach. Ufachas begadav. Then after you put it next to begadav, change your clothes again. Put on other clothing. And we'll come to her. Now take all the ashes from next to the back and bring it to a Makam Tar. What's the bomb question? What's the bomb question? You're not up tonight. What's going on with you? No. What's the bomb question? You know what I just said? Because he takes the ashes from the Mizbeach, puts it next to the Mizbeach, then he changes his clothing, then he takes it from next to the Mizbeach, and he brings it outside to a place that's Tahar. Why is he putting it next to the Mizbeach? Take it off the Mizbeach and go straight to the place outside that's Tahar. Put it next to his bath, then he changes his clothing, he takes it back, take it from the Mizbeach, take your shovel, right, walk from the Mizbeach, and put it outside. Why does he have to put it next to the Mizbeach? It's a very beautiful word. I don't know who said it. Very beautiful word. He says the following. Hashem wants to show us, all of us, that the ashes are just as important as what's on the Mizbeach. So if you're going to take the ashes straight from the Mizbeach to the garbage, to outside, right, to the Makam Tar, so you're sort of, sort of saying, they don't belong here, right, they're ashes, they don't belong here, out to the garbage. Shem says, no, put them next to the Mizbeach, show, they have the Kedush show the Mizbeach, and then take them out. He says, the kids that are not doing well in, 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 in the Jewish world, they're off the derech, they're not keeping Shabbos, they're eating non-kosher, so they're like the ashes, they're not the fat piece of meat, they're not the 
choice cut kid. They're not the choice cut kid. They're the ashes. Hashem said, my Jewish ashes has to be put next to Mizbeach. Because every Jew is Kaddosh. Then take them out. What? You disagree. It's not my, it's not my pshat. This is not Rabbi Wallstein's pshat. Why? Don't start. They're both to me. They're both. You know, there's another thing. There's another thing that I, I, I dealt with over Pesach. Don't knock the good guys because we're giving so much attention to the kids at risk. There are guys that are not ashes, that are choice pieces of meats. I have a brother, Leezer, that sit and learn. Every single day, they're tumming, they're MS, they don't cheat, they don't lie. They're MS, they learn Tyra. Just because we're so busy with kids at risk doesn't mean the good guys are not good. Okay, that's all I want to say. So don't say the ashes are better than the choice Peter meat. It's, the ashes are as good. They're next to the Mizbeach. They're on the Mizbeach, then they get off the Mizbeach, and then they go to the to Chutz. And maybe, maybe it's a lesson to us, the Rabbeim of the guys that are off the Derech. You know what? Give them some time next to the Mizbeach before, before you take them to Maybe it runs even deeper than I think. All right, now you're going to be happy. Oh, he's going to be so happy now. Now we're going to talk about the pig in Pasha Shmini and why this is very fascinating. If you look in the Chumash, when I prepared this, it was like, I don't have the Hebrew mom lawyers here, but listen to this. Such a bomb question. Ask this by the table on Shabbos. See if anyone can get it right. When it talks about the non-kosher animals, which is this week's passion, non-kosher fish, non-kosher birds, non-kosher bugs, right? It says the following. Oh, Aaron's going to be so happy. I'm going to make his night. Here we go. Listen to this. Listen to this. Yeah. Okay, listen to this, guys. These are all the animals you could eat. Come on, Francis Paso. Anyone that has split hooves, totally split through, not like a camel, right? And it chooses cud. It eats, goes down to its first stomach, comes back up, goes back down to the second stomach, comes back up, right? Cam- camels really do that. Camels, you can watch them. Cows do it also, but you don't really see the cows do it. But a camel, you really see it. Anyway. Achazer, but this, loisechelu. Listen carefully. The Pasik says, these you do not eat from the animals that chew their cuds and split their hooves. You do not eat. Esagomol, the camel. Why don't you eat the camel, guys? Because they're all sleeping tonight. I should be sleeping. Why are you sleeping? I just landed. What? You know what the Pesach says? That's not Gomo. You shouldn't eat the camel. Kimale Geru. Because he chooses cod. That's the kosher sign he has. But its hoof is not split all the way. Therefore, it's not kosher. That's not what the Pesach should be saying. Pesach saying the reason you can't eat it is because it chooses cod. That's not the reason you can't eat it. It should say first, the reason you can't eat it is because it has split hooves that are not split all the way and it chooses cud. 
What do you even talk about the truth of God? Why are you bringing the truth of God in there? You should just say, the camel's not kosher because it has split hooves that are not split all the way. Why are you giving me the kosher sign first? Listen. Let me so, there is a pshat. There is a pshat that by Pasha's Noach, right? Ooh, I remember when I heard this. My Rebbe said, wow, this is like a memory from 45 years ago. When, when, when Pasha's Noach, thank you Hashem for the memory. When, by Pasha's Noach, when Hashem commands him to take all the animals, it says it, from the kosher, the kosher animals, and from the non, and the, the animals that are not tohar. What should it say? From the kosher animals and from the animals that are tomei. Why does it use the word negative tohar? Lush and nice. Why? Because Hashem doesn't want to use in the Torah. Let's see what Rashi says. Ches. Does Rashi say anything? No. But anyway, that's the reason. Okay? Ah. Oh, good kasha. Good kasha. And here, it says, Tamehu lechem. Over there it says, Eino tahar. It's not tahar. Over here it says, it is Tameh. So they ask the Kasha, and the Teretz is, that over there it's talking about Hashem's describing the animals. So he doesn't want to use a negative word. Here he's warning you not to eat something that's not kosher. you got to call a spade a spade. I eat salads. In New York City, I eat salads. You know, it's okay. It's only salad. But the Chinese-Korean store that you're buying from is cutting octopus with the same knife. And pig with the same knife. I always, I don't want to say who, what group of people, but they're always like, oh, I, 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 I eat kosher. I'm like, you do? Yeah, I just eat salads. No, you can't eat salads in a restaurant, in one of these takeout places in Manhattan, where the knife is used to cut treif. It's not a ben yoyma, and it's not clean, then it's, right? So, so the Torah is telling, when it's talking about the animals in the zoo, and you want to tell your little kid in the zoo, the giraffe, that the draft is tamay, the draft is not kosher. Or it's not tahar. But when it comes, it is, right. You have to know how to shkit, not a draft, because the draft is kosher. I asked somebody, um, they know how to shech the draft. Everyone thinks the draft's neck is too long, but they said that it's $40,000 an animal, and when you cut it open, it's very possible you'll have a, think, a hole in the lung, or, or something that makes it trafe, and then you're stuck. Anyway, it's gotta be very gamey meat. Not gonna be good meat. What the rabbi said about um, eating salad not being clean, you're talking about the like bugs probably as well. No, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even talking about bugs. I, I, I go on the website stopeatingbugs.com. <laughs> you wanna open that up or is one already? No, I, that exists, it has all the kosher stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's this week's fashion. Share it, share it, share it, share it, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so anyway, so that's the difference. The difference is 
So when you're talking about the world, you got to be like a sweetheart. Not like, not like Wallstein. You got to be, everything's good and nice. When you're talking about not eating something, when you're talking about kosher and not kosher, when you're talking about halacha, don't be nice. Call a spade a spade. It's tame. Not, it's not tahar. It's tame. Oh, the bunch of just talking about a bunch of animals getting into a teva. Here, it's talking to us about what we can eat. What we can eat, you better tell them the way it is. Tome, 100%. Not showing up Friday night after Shkia. I don't know. I don't know the halacha anyway, but. The Shkia? Okay, whatever. We're not, we're not gonna judge. We're not, we're not making judge. Okay, anyway. So the big question here is, the big question here is, why are you telling me it's kosher simon when you want to tell me it's treif? Again, the Gomal, it says, there are certain things that chew their cud, you shouldn't eat from them. And split hoof, you shouldn't eat them. It's a gal, it's a gamal. The gamal, you're not supposed to eat from. Why? Kimaz geru, because it eats its cud. No, that's not why you're not allowed to eat from it. That's why you should eat from it. That's a good simon. So why does it do that? We're not done yet. We are not done. What's the shafan? A jackrabbit? It's a shafan. How do they translate shafan? Huh? A what? A rabbit? I think it's a jackrabbit. Okay, whatever. One of the rabbits is kosher. Anyway, that's a shafan. Why can't you eat it? Again! Kimalegeruhu! Because it chews its cud. That's not why I can't eat it. It doesn't have a split hoof. Again, it flips it around and it tells me the, the, the reason it is kosher when you're trying to tell me the reason it's not kosher. No. And our neves is a, is a rabbit. Hello? Our neves is a rabbit. No, I don't need a chumash. I think I have it right here. Yeah, it's called a hyrex. A hyrex. I don't know what that is, but the shofan is a hyrex. The anevis is a rabbit. That's an anevis. Why can't you eat that anevis? Again, kimaz geru. Because it, 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 it chews this cud. That's not the reason. That's the reason I should eat it. Now, listen to what happens by the piggy. Piggy wiggy. Listen to what it says. There's a chazer. And the chazer. Kimafis pasahu. The reason you can't eat it is because It has split hooves. No, that would make the chazer kosher. Chazer does have good split hooves. But he doesn't chew his cod. Therefore, it is tamay. So for some reason, and all these four animals, it gives us the, simen, the, the, the kosher simon and tells us you can't eat it because of the kosher simon. And then it tells us the non-kosher simon. Bomb question? They're not going to know the answer at your table? For sure not. Right? Okay. Everyone knows the answer to the tamay thing. I know actually was discussing it, but when you, when you tell someone not to eat something, say it the way it is. Tomei's tomei. Something's tomei's tomei. Stop, you know, making, you know, stop making stories. What's the word I used? Rationalization. Don't rationalize. All right, so it's a bomb question, everybody. What's the bomb, Terrence? So it's not my question. It's the Ma'amoyez's question. What is the answer? Let's see what he answers. One may ask the question here. All four of the animals mentioned, the camel, the hyrax, the hare, and the pig, are not kosher because they're missing one of the two kosher signs. Why does the Torah say, only this you shall not eat amongst those who bring up their cud and have split hooves, right? 
the camel because it brings up the car. Why does the Torah stress the good the good simon before the non good simon? So, like he said, because that makes it more trafe. That makes it more trafe that it has a kosher sign and it makes itself look kosher. Much more dangerous. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This Pesach was a girl that I know. She looks so kosher. She gives speeches. Speeches. And oh man, behind the scenes, it ain't good. She's much more dangerous than a girl who walks around in a mini skirt. You know right away this is not from this is not I have nothing to do with this. And a girl that's dressed sneeze, but really underneath is a miniskirt. Much more dangerous. That's what the Torah is telling me over here. What is the trafer part of the camel? The kosher simon. What's the trafer part of the pig? The kosher simon. Hatsileni, miyad, ochi, esov, said Yaakov to Hashem. Why did he say, Hatsileni, miyad, Esav Achi. If you want to identify him, you call him by his name. Hashem, save me from Esav, my brother. Oh no, Yaakov. Yaakov Avinu said, I'm not worried about Esav, my brother. I'm not worried the guy who screams, you filthy Jew. I know what he thinks of me. I'm worried about the guy who says, oh, we love the Jews. That's what happened by Moab. Remember that story how they got him in to buy the silk I told you guys? That's the danger. Missionaries that are different than we are, right away we're like, get away from me, you're a missionary. The ones that come to your house with towels and tefillin to give you towels and tefillin and Shabbos candlesticks, right? That chevra, and they know all of Navi, and they know Gemara, and they know all that stuff. They're like your brother. I have to be careful what I say here. Um... Outright missionizing Jews, outright missionizing, a lot of places in America would lose their license. Because you're not allowed to mix religion with therapy. But, without saying anything, without missionizing, if someone is very sweet to you, and very nice to you, and takes care of you, you automatically want to be with them. You automatically want to be like them. So Yaakov Avinu said, I'm not worried about Esav. I'm worried about Achi Esav. I'm worried about when Esav acts like my brother. When we're in college and the non-Jewish girl like is like Jewish. She's like into everything Jewish. Then you get then you're in then you're in trouble. So what he's saying over here, the Mamlaya is he's gonna give some crazy stories. What he's saying over here is that the Torah is saying the trefer simon is the kosher simon. Because you think this thing is kosher and by the time you find out it's not, it's too late. So the pig who puts his feet out like this, by the way, I think the Gemara says that when Mashiach comes, it's going to chew its cud. What? It's going to be kosher. I think I think it's going to change its... its. Now, lucky is that if you have a freak, you have a freak, let's say you have a freak camel, and it's born and the hoofs are split all the way through. It's a freak. Is it kosher? And the answer is no. The min 
the species makes it not kosher. They have a pig that's born with a stomach that chews its cud. It's a freaky pig. One pig in the whole world, right? There are pigs that fly, this pig doesn't fly, but it chews, it chews its cud. No, no, but, the, but it's trafe. The species is trafe, right, right. You can clone it, right, but it's trafe. It's trafe. So I don't know, if maybe when Mashiach comes, it'll actually change its teva. All of them. I don't know. Anyway, Mashiach's not here, so you can't eat it. Whatever. But that's what he's saying over here. He's saying over here, the people that make themselves like tzaddikim and they're busy making speeches, those are the ones you have to be careful. The guy comes right out and just... Like, don't keep him kipper. You're like, get out of here, you nutcase. But it's the guy that's like, no, he's from, and he, and he takes you down. So that's what he's saying over here. The reason the Chumash is telling me the simon toy first, because the simon toy is the biggest simon ra. The biggest simon ra. When Asim becomes your friend, that's assimilation. You looked it up? A large squirrel. We're a split hoof? No, pause can't be. Wait, it... it sh- but it doesn't have pause. It doesn't chew its cut. It must have like a split hoof like a rabbit, like a jackrabbit. Okay, I don't know. Maybe they don't have it right. I don't know. Okay, anyway, listen to this story. I remember my father told me this story. I was maybe like eight, nine years old. I used to learn this over and over and over and over and over. The cat, the Torah should have said the opposite. The camel does not have a split hoof. Okay, who said that? He said, here it is. However, the opposite is true. It is specifically because these animals have kosher signs that they are all more unclean. Because of the kosher sign, people may be misled and think the animals are kosher. This alludes to people who make a great display of their frumkite, but really they are filled with evil thoughts and wickedness. These hypocrites are very disgusting in Hashem's eyes, more so than one who is wicked both inwardly and outwardly. You're bad to the bone, and you're not a faker, you're bad to the bone. Everyone know the Gemara between a Ganoff and a Goslin? One of them has to pay more than the other. You know why? The one that goes at night... So he, he's showing that maybe he can, that he's showing the world that maybe he can, Hashem won't see him. But the guy that's doing the, the highwayman that's openly robbing, he says, I'm not scared of anything, I'm not scared of Hashem, but I know that, I know you can't hide from him, I'm just not scared of him. Right? He's not as much of So he's saying over here that the wicked person doesn't fool people. The, hip, the hypocrites do. The Torah says that Esav and his nation were likened to the Chazar. They show their hooves like a pig. Esau, the nation, behaved very good as ve- like very good people on the outside. They did not steal and they did not rob the property of the Jews. But inside they were wicked. Deep down they wanted to tear Israel out of the world. Okay. Let's go learn. Let's hear a very fascinating story. He says, he says over, Amaisa, I wish I had the Hebrew here, but anyway that there was a, a big tzaddik who died, and he came to his friend in a dream, telling him what happened in the world of truth. There is sure a woman whose ear was used as a door hinge, 
so that the entire weight of all the door was upon her. Why was she part of such a terrible punishment? Because she had she had fasted and told everyone about it because she wanted people to consider Sadegista. Uh, if a person is fasting and other people ask him whether or not he is fasting, he may tell them the truth. Then he's merely answering their question, but you're not allowed to tell people, you know what, I'm fasting today, when it's not a fast day. However, best if a person is asked if he's fasting to deny it. That is not considered lying because his motive is for the sake of Hashem. In general, the more a person hides his good deeds, the better. There is someone in this world that I know that does more than I do. As far as kids and give up time and give up his, his whole life. Not one person in this room knows his name. He's going to get all his credit in Shemaya. Me, everybody knows my name. It's much better when no one knows what you're doing. Like the famous story from Shlomo Kalbach with the, with the miser. You know the story with the miser, right? There was a guy in the corner of the town and he wouldn't give a dollar to tzedakah, not a penny. And when he died, the Chavah Kaddish said, we are not burying this Russia." not bury him with the other people in the town. It's very famous. You can go see it in Europe. We're not, we're not going to bury him with the other people in the town. He never gave a dollar to help anyone. We're going to bury him in the outskirts of the field by himself. Let him be buried, you know, like a poor. He never gave any tzedakah. Okay. He died on a Sunday. Comes Friday. And all the people in the village come to the Rav. The Rav says, what's going on? They're like, why did you stop giving us money and food? Rob said, I never gave you money and food in my life. What are you talking about? They said, what are you talking about? Every Thursday night, there was an envelope underneath our door and a basket. And this Thursday night, we didn't get it. He said, let's wait a week. Let's see next Thursday night. I wasn't the one giving to him. Let's see next, next Thursday night. They didn't get it. And he realized that the, the miserable miser... He wasn't a miser at all. He didn't want anyone to know what he was doing. That was like the first, you know, they, what do they call it? Nobody knew. And they realized he was the one who was putting it there because when he died, it stopped. So the Rav asked to be buried next to him outside the city, not in the graveyard. He's buried there. What town? Anyone know the story? Whoever's listening, send me an email. What town? Because I know people go to visit that grave. The miser of Mizmezbish. I don't know, something like that. So it's much better if you do things not to tell him what you're doing. It, not to put out your, your like the chazer to put out your hand. It's very hard. You do something good, you want people to know about it. This is a famous story. He gave out every single Friday. He, he supported the whole town, and they didn't know it was him. They didn't want to bury him. They didn't. They didn't bury. Him. Once you buried, you don't. They didn't unbury him. But the tzaddik said, "I'll be buried next to him." And if you go there, you'll see a basic forest with a lot of tombstones and everything, and outside the town, there's two, st- there's two stones. Cool, no? Aaron, that's a cool story. What? Why do you do it? Right? Don't tell everyone what you're doing. So if you're fasting, don't tell them when you're fast. I mean, he's talking about not on a fast day. A person who takes a personal fast. All right. So he says the following. You don't get your ear caught down on the door. Okay. 
There's a story about a tzaddik who, who had a lot of money on him and he was traveling. Oh, it was a saint who was very wealthy. Oh, I remember the story. And he's going to Etchishol. He took all his wealth, began his journey. Along the way, he stopped in front of the city. And he saw a Jew whose name was Alexander. And most of the day, this Jew was davening in Shul. Shachar's min chamayrev, where he is talisman, filling a whole day in davening. So the, the, the tzaddik said to him, so who's better for me to leave my money with than him? Right? I'll come back, I'll go to Eretz Yisrael, and i come back on the way back, I'll pick up my money. Okay. He waited until Alexander finished his prayer. When he finished, the saint approached him, I'm on my way to the Holy Land, I have money. He said, I'll, you watch it. Alexander said, no problem. When God help, when you return, I will give it back to you exactly what you gave it to me. Okay, I know the story by heart. Anyway, so he goes to stroll and he comes back and he says to this rich guy, to the guy in shul, he says, I, well, I want to collect my money now. I want to get it back. He says, you, who are you? I, I never saw you before. I don't know you don't know. He says, are you crazy? I gave you all my money to watch. You're dominating a whole day. You're shaking your towels and thrilling. Give me my money. He goes, you? I never saw you before in my life. The guy, the tzaddik was broken. It's happening whole days in Ghana, right? It's a setup. Okay. So he went to the shul. He started to daven, and he said, "Lord of the universe, you're the master of the whole world. I saw this Jew in a thousand filling all day long praying. I gave him everything I owe. Now I see that his righteousness is just a trick. Please help me." While he was still crying, Leo Anavi appeared to him. I can't do that. He's davening. Leo Anavi came to him. He said, don't, don't, be, don't be scared. Go to this, this guy who's praying all day. Go to his wife and tell her that you want your money back and that your, that your husband, tell her that her husband decided to give you back the money. She's going to ask you, why should I believe you? Tell her that he told me to tell you that last Pesach, both of you ate chametz. And on your Kippur morning, you had a meal together before you went to shul. And when he told her those signs, she knew there's no one in the world that knew that. Must be her husband told him to get back his money. She went back and gave him the money. When Alexander came home and he heard about this, he went crazy and he said, oh my gosh, now everyone's going to know that I'm a faker. My business is over and he ran away. You hear? What? Kazmir? Who was Kazmirez? What? Yesla the Miser? And who's the rub that's that's buried next to him? That's that's what we want. We want to know who the rub is that's buried next to him. Oh, that's um Tesisyantiv. Right, Tesisyantiv is buried outside next to him. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I should know that story, no? That's what I'm named after. Bavaria, Wallstein Bavaria makes beer. I have, I have at home beer bottles with the name Wallstein on it. Seriously. Neuridic. Neuridic. You know, you're not allowed to raise pigs at all? If you're a farmer, 
not allowed to because they put a pig in the basket. You know the story? The base of Migdash, they used to take the carbon tamid and put it over the wall, an animal over the wall, and then the Kohanim would bring it. And they told the Luchanets, I believe, that as long as they bring the carbon tamid, the Jews are protected. So he took out that lamb and he put a chazer, a pig in the basket, and the, the pigs like, scratched the walls and the whole walls of Yerushalayim were shaking. So they made a, a they made a zero. You're not allowed to sell or deal with pigs. You're not allowed to have a tray for restaurant. You're not allowed to have a hotel and serve uh, bacon and eggs. What? I don't hear. No, you can't have a pig as a pet. So we just had, we just had, the last the erev yantif, a petting zoo come to the hotel. Now the Kabbalah Yosha says altogether, you should not look at tray for animals. That's why pregnant women are not allowed to go, not allowed to, go to the zoo. They look at a monkey, the child could look like a monkey. You're not, you're not supposed to take pregnant women to the zoo, really. But the, a bad, but, but the Kabbalah says that if you see a non-kosher animal, a dog, a cat, you should say, that I'm keeping the mitzvah of not eating treif. That's what he says. In other words, that, the, keeping the mitzvah of that, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to eat this because it's not kosher. So when you look at a kosher one, you should always be thinking of what it says in the Torah about that animal. But specifically a pig you're not supposed to look at. So when we had our day camp, they had a baby pig that was just born. It was so cute. I didn't look at it, but they told me it was so cute. Like a pig is cute, but okay. What? Compact pigs? Pigs are very, they're very muscular and they're very compact. And if you look at the tiny pig that's pig, it weighs 25, 30 pounds. I don't carry pigs. You're not supposed to. He said, Here, I'll read it to you. Raising pigs. Not only is it for, forbidden to eat any meat from a pig, but it's also forbidden to raise a pig. It goes on with saying that it's forbidden to deal in pork products, as we have discussed in Sav. However, even if one does not wish to deal with pigs for food, but only wants their fat to suffer hides, it is still forbidden to raise pigs. The Talmud tells us in the times of Hashemarim kings, the following story happened. There were two kings, brothers whose name were Hokinus and Astrotobulus, they were fighting for the throne. Astrotobulus was inside Shalem, Hokinus was outside. Hokinus asked the Romans to help him and he came to Jerusalem. They surrounded the walls of Jerusalem on the outside, and all the days they were in the siege, no one came in or out. When the people inside needed lamps for the morning, evening, daily Talmud, for the Talmud, they would lower a basket of coins from the wall, and then they got a, At that time, there was a wicked old man in Jerusalem who knew Greek wisdom. He told us outside, as long as you send these two lambs, they are able to continue the Tumid offering. And if they continue to bring the Tumid offering, they will never surrender. If you, don't, if, if, you, if you stop sending them a sheep and Tumid offering will no longer, ah, ah. Hegelis did this. The next day when the basket of coins was lowered, the people placed a pig instead of the lambs. When they lifted the pigs up, it dug its hooves into the walls of Yerushalayim, and the land trembled for 400 leagues all around it. This was the sign of Hashem's wrath. This caused the people to stop bringing the Tumid and the decree that the Holy Temple would be destroyed. Cursed is the man who knows Greek wisdom and cursed is the one who raises a pig. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You hear? No pigs. No baby pigs. What? Horses? What's wrong with horses? I have horses. He's saying a pig because it scratched you shalabs. No, you're not supposed to look at, but he says, he, he, he says that if you do, you should say, this is a tray for animal, and therefore I'm not allowed to eat it. You can have 
I have eight of them. I had to sell the whole ranch for Pesach because horses eat grain. They eat hay, but they have to eat grain. That's wet. The grain's in the water all the time, whatever. All right, everybody should be, should have atzlocha and should have bracha and we should be zeicha to see the Beis Hamidash and the, and the Kodesh Kedoshim and the, and the Mizbeach with the ashes next to it. I love that Tvatar. I love that Tvatar. Because it doesn't make sense. Take the ashes straight from there. Take a look at Samachana. What do you have to stop for? No, Hashem says, my ashes. They're just as important as my Mizbeach. Very important. Also, the major lesson that we learned today is that the Bikasha, why you, the reason you're not allowed to eat the camel is because it chews its cud. No. And has, and has a split hoof that's not split. It should say, because it has a split hoof that's not, why, so why does it talk like that? Because it's warning us that people who look kosher and make themselves, right, ochi esav, that's when the assimilation happens. When you know you're the enemy, you don't assimilate. My father, Allah Shalom, told me that when he's in the army, United States Army, the Korean War, he never felt more like a Jew than when he was surrounded by non-Jews. You would think the opposite. When you're, you're in shul and yeshiva, no, he said, the minute I was with no one else that was Jewish, I felt like a Jew. I felt different. I felt Kaddish. We should all, huh? Right. So I'm going to tell you guys, I'll finish with this. So we are, we, I'm, I'm, in, um, I'm in a hotel for the last four years. Baruch Hashem was very good to us. Hashem was very good to us. Um, in, in Phoenix, Arizona. It's about, eight, it's about eight acres. We found a place in Point Verde, Florida, which is about a half an hour outside of Jacksonville, which has 514 rooms. The hotel I'm in right now has 320. It's almost double the size. And the hotel I'm in is seven acres. It's 75 acres and a golf, tour, a golf course. So it's a very, very different, different property. A lot of people didn't want to travel. Six hours, interesting. They were right. I have some Tamidim that I, I said, come for Pesach. And they're like, Rebbe, it's three hours different. So the, uh, let's say I'll say to start at 8.30 around, right? So for the kids that just landed that day, in their head, it's 11.30 at night. The whole place is sleeping. And then you get up at 5, 4.35, because it's 8 o'clock in the morning. So... There are a lot of people that want my kids up by the Seder. It's, unless you come a week earlier, you know. This, this is Florida. It's the same time. Anyway, so these Goyim, these Floridians, they never saw a Pesach program, ever. So we wanted to show them before we go, we, we, you know, we made this deal with them. We signed already. I don't want a disaster. I need them to see what it, what it looks like. So they came the first day of the second days of Yantas. So that was Thursday, Thursday, they came Thursday night, right. Thursday night and stayed through Friday. I want to tell you, everyone that's watching this, I want you to listen very carefully to what Rabbi Waldstein saying. Drinking out of a bottle, Torah anytime. <laughs> listen to this. So we have a meeting upstairs because we don't want the hotel that we're in to know that we're late, whatever. So we're all upstairs, so you have the head of the hotel, Right? Head guy. The big man. President of the hotel. You have the head of marketing. You have their culinary chef. And their head of operations. The top. He flew in from Florida to... And we're talking with this. They have, they have this. They have that. They have a golf course. And they have three pools. And they have, whatever they have. Right? 
I said, the one thing you don't have is Arizona weather. Florida is humid, it can rain, whatever. So the head guy of the hotel looks at me and he says, okay, we'll pray, the whole we'll pray for you guys that it shouldn't rain. And then he looks at me and he goes, Rabbi, I promise what he said, Rabbi, you should pray. Your prayers God accepts much faster than ours. I promise you that's what he said. I'm thinking to myself, you got to hear this from a guy? We don't understand that on our own? The guy said to me, you know what, Rabbi, you guys pray, because you guys, Jews, your prayer is accepted much faster than ours, they're Christians. They, they know what we're about. They know how holy we are. We don't know how holy we are. They're telling you, your tefillah is accepted much more than ours. They're telling us that. Hello, and, and, and this morning I'm, I'm in Landau's and the stupid kid next to me is on his phone the whole time, on his iPhone. I want to... And I looked. It wasn't, he wasn't davening from it. Story number one. Story number two. Same people. So, it's Shvi Shel Pesach. A thousand people. Everyone's dressed Shabbos right? Yantav Dik. They just lit all the candles. This woman never saw candles in her life, right? And everyone's sitting there with their kids. They're all dressed. Everybody's dressed. And they're talking after the, like, after the Meyer. Everyone comes in. Everyone's talking. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. She turns to me. She says, I've never seen anything like this. Okay, that's for sure. She says, I don't understand. I don't understand. We, Regalim, have one night when we get together as families. Thanksgiving. One night a year. Thanksgiving. And after two hours, we're killing each other. How is it possible that these people are with their families for ten days? Ten days. And all the different families are all in one place. And you guys are not killing each other. This religion, this, this nation, she said, is really special. I'm listening to this, I'm like, maybe we need her to talk to give a share. You hear how they look at us? That our tefillah is much bigger than theirs, and that our, 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 our nation, it's true if you think about it, you're talking about eight, ten days, especially if you're on a, a Pesach program that's away, you have to fly, Ten days, a thousand people in the same place. Not a complaint about davening, not a complaint about food, not a complaint like, I want to move my room, they're too noisy, I, want, I don't want to sit next to this guy by davening, he's too tall. They didn't talk nothing. It's, 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 we don't realize what we have. Hundreds of thousands of people traveling on Pesach, coming home after Pesach, who were together the whole time. We can do it. We can do it. 100%. When he said that to me, I almost jumped down on my chair. Because they, they also pray. Because he's a really good straight, you know? And he's like, oh, you, you guys should pray. You guys' prayers are much more accepted than ours. Like, they think that. They think that because we're still here after all these years, after everything. Mikam Yisrael. Anyway, we should go to Eretz Yisrael for Shavuos, with the base of Migdash, built to Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.